This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For the last few months, we've been chatting with some of the folks who keep the White House in working order. We've wrapped that series up. You can go back and listen to all of the episodes, and we hope you will if you haven't already. Now we're looking at some other careers, some folks who do something very different, people who make sure that we look good. This week, we're literally starting, if you'll pardon a a slight pun, with foundation. Our guest this week is freelance professional makeup artist Kristen Michelle, who works with clients as they're getting ready for weddings, photo shoots, galas, and more. Michelle told us about how she got into makeup artistry, what she carries around in the super heavy kit that she brings on jobs, how she keeps the business running, and a lot more. Whether or not you apply your own makeup in the morning, I don't. I think that you'll find her stories about engaging with her clients, pursuing her passion, and helping people know how beautiful they are to be fascinating. In In a Slate Plus Extra, Kristen Michelle tells us about how and where she shops for the makeup that she keeps with her at all times. If you're a member, enjoy bonus segments and interview transcripts from working, plus other great podcast exclusives. Start your two-week free trial today at slate.com slash working plus. What is your name and what do you do? My name is Kristen Michelle, and I am a freelance makeup artist. How long have you been uh, working as a freelance makeup artist? Freelance, um, about two and a half years. But I've been in the beauty industry for 17. How did you make your way to doing it full-time freelance here in Washington, D.C.? Okay. Growing up as a young girl in Baltimore, I always went to the Mac counter and always aspired to work for Mac. So that was like my number one goal. Like 14, I'm going to work for Mac and I'm going to be this great makeup artist. And so um, I landed a job at Mac and I worked there for 10 years in management. And, you know, there were ups and downs and I met amazing people. I had a lot of opportunities, but I knew I had to start doing my own thing. Because I had given so much time to Mac and I was teaching so many people, I almost started to feel stagnant. And so I said, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go out on my own. I literally took two weeks and I said, I'm leaving. And I never looked back. How did you start lining up gigs? My clients at Mac actually helped me with that. A lot of them saw a little bit in me that I didn't see. And so they were kind of my mirror. 
um, they were saying, oh, Chris, you know, you shouldn't be behind this counter. You have way too much energy. You know, your skills are good. You should be out here doing the stars. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm just here to help people because it was very fulfilling for me, again, to find makeup that looks good on women and it's not too much and they could trust me, you know. So I was really getting my life that way. But then I started to see the bigger picture. I started to see that there were more things out there for me besides just Mac. And everybody kept telling me just to trust it. And they kept telling me I'm the only person that's in my way. Once I believed that I could do it, I just, I literally took off from there. Um, my first month out of Aftermath was rough. I slept 12 hours a day because I was literally exhausted. Do you know what I mean? So I was happy. I was like, can we pause for a second? <laughs> of course. Um, it's just very emotional for me because I didn't think I could do it. You know, um, I'm very like, uh, structured and all about my education and, you know, doing what other people want me to do. Mm -hmm. And every day I look at my life and I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like I'm working for myself. And I had so many naysayers, you know. So many people that said I couldn't do it. And I'm just really, I'm shocked. Yeah. And I'm grateful. And my life is so much better and so different. And I just never knew that I could be this happy. And my clients are my life, you know. I do this literally to make other people happy. I don't do it for the money. I do it for the experiences. I do it because I feel like so many people need someone to tell them they're pretty. You know, yeah. and I, I just get my life off that. I really mm -hmm. do. I really do. So what is your life like now? Do you have a regular roster of clients? Yeah, I have. I have clients that call me monthly. I have um, one young lady. She's kind of a DC socialite. She calls me every week. Um, my, I would say about 95% of my business is referrals, which is, again, fulfilling for me. I feel like women come back, you know, and I, and that's like the best form of flattery. I'm on Yelp, so that helps my business as well. And I think the biggest part of me is like, I like to be diverse. I like to help all different types of clients. And so my website reflects that. And I guess you could say my roster of clients reflects that too. I, have, I help people from all walks of life. So, yeah. So uh, apart from ref the kind of referrals, both from professionals mm -hmm. and just from your, from your clients, how else do you find uh, new clients? You know, SEO, optimization, that's always a thing you know you have to another expense you have to pay for um but it works as what else do i do to get clients i hand out my car to everyone i mean this is good this is a crazy story um last weekend when i was having that busy saturday i had a two-hour break which i never get so i was literally i'm um, just driving around in a rental and i got pulled over i got pulled over so i said okay <laughs> what's going on? So they come to the car. There's two of them. The one's looking all in the car and the other one's like, you know, could you please roll your window down? So I'm calm. I'm like, okay, get my ID out. He's like, the tags on this car are stolen. What? I said, on what? On this rental? On a rental. Long story short, something happened with the other person that was supposed to return it, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the transaction, there was a female officer and I said, you guys have been really, really kind. Um, I'm going to give you my card. If you and your ladies ever want to, you know, have a makeover session, please let me know. She held my card and she looked at it. She was like, thanks. And I was like, seriously, if you want, you know, if you and your ladies want to get together for like a girl's night or if you're going out, let me know. 
I live in the area. She was like, great. She said, no one has ever given me their business card after they've gotten pulled over. I will never forget you. So I just, you know, again, this is how I get new clients. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just, you have to put yourself out there. What's the worst thing they're going to do is not call you, right? Well, they'll remember your logo and, you know, they'll remember that moment that you gave them the, your card, right? That's great. <laughs> what a wonderful story. I bet you end up doing her makeup. Listen, it, this just happened last week, but you know what? The holidays are coming up. She may give me a call. <laughs> So what is your day like? When do you usually get started? <laughs> I wake up every day between six and eight. Um, and that's on a day that I don't have, let's say, let's say I don't have a client till later. Um, a lot of the times during maybe April through June, I'm waking up earlier because I have like 5 a.m. clients, 6 a.m. clients. Um, sometimes if you're doing production work, you get there at five and leave at eight. So my days are long a lot of the times, but even if I don't have clients, I'm still working. I do a lot of research. I read a lot of entrepreneurial blogs, articles, things that you wouldn't think a makeup artist would read. I'm reading because running a business is completely separate than being a makeup artist. I want to be known for professionalism. I want to be known for someone who does polished makeup. Um, and I want people to be like, oh, I can tell that's Kristen's work. Do you know what I mean? Or, well, that looks nice. Is, is that Kristen's work? You know, I want to be known for that. I don't want to be known for a lot of uh, cookie cutter looks. Um, I customize all my service so my clients never look alike. You know what I mean? And I work with a lot of brides and they all get a different experience. Do you do your own makeup in the morning? <laughs> Okay, so before that, you head into all of this, so that's the thing. I literally am the person that's doing the makeup in the Uber. <laughs> I literally spend ten minutes on my own makeup. Um, I just find so much more joy in doing everyone else's. I do not spend a lot of time on myself. I literally had a um, trip to Dallas. One of my clients flew me to Dallas a couple of weeks ago, and I was packing, and I was said. I don't even have a black eyeliner for myself. What I don't think people understand is you have to have two separate kits. You have to have a makeup kit for yourself and then a makeup kit for you. And my makeup kit is so embarrassing. Like if I were to go through it, you would be like, Chris, are you a makeup artist or like an enthusiast? Because I mean, I literally just have, I have very little makeup for myself. Uh (laughs) But Is that also because you just know what works for you and you don't have to have the same range of, of things? Honestly, what I've learned working in this industry is that you should not wear a lot of makeup when you go to these gigs. I would tell you maybe 80% of the time, if it's a first time client, I've never met them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to walk in there with loud lipstick, lashes, blush everywhere. I don't want them to think that what I look like is what I'm going to put on them. Mm -hmm. So I really go in there with a neutral palette, minimal jewelry, minimal um, perfume, and very, very neutral. I want people to be able to trust me. So I go very, very soft on myself. It's about letting them know that they can have their look instead of Absolutely. Absolutely. So when do you, when in the day when you do have clients, do you start meeting with people or? It really depends. My schedule is different every single day. There are weeks when I don't have a day off for like 20 days. Mm -hmm. And then there's sometimes I have three days off. But when I say off, I mean, I'm physically not helping anyone. I'm never actually off. If a client emails me at 1130, I'm going to email them back by 1140. I am extremely big on responsiveness. In a saturated market, they could hit someone else up in two seconds and say, oh, they responded first, so I'm going to hire them. Is that how you communicate with clients mostly through email? Yes, email. When they contact me in other venues like Facebook, Instagram, I always redirect them back to email just to let them know we can be cool. 
but we're not friends. We have mm-hmm. to keep it professional. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes when people find that comfort level, conversations start to change. And when you're speaking about business and money and service, I feel like it should be professional at all times. How long do you normally spend with a client uh, when you're actually sitting down to, to do the work with them? I take about 45 minutes to an hour with a client, and that includes setup and breakdown. Now, my setup and breakdown has changed over the years. I feel like I change my kit pretty often as far as like trying to find the easiest thing to transport and the easiest thing to clean up. So my current kit right now is the most concise and the cleanest it's ever been, um, and it's really saved me so much time. Especially when I'm doing large events with more than one makeup artist, everyone knows, boom, that's my station and my stuff's already laid out. So about an hour per per client. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the kit that you yeah, um, take around with you? Yeah. Let me take a look at it. Okay. So one thing that I have learned is that even though I may be hired to do one client, I never know who else is going to be in that house Mm -hmm. with them. I never know who's going to be in the hotel with them. It actually happened to me today. I was doing a client. um, She's an Olympian. And I walk in, and one of her good girlfriends comes in, who is a completely different complexion than her. (laughs) Uh So one thing I've learned is always be prepared to have every color in your kit, Uh from lightest to darkest. And you don't have to have every color, but you need to be able to mix it. So this is your standard kit that you have with you every day? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so foundation. Foundation is the base. Um, it's going to pretty much even out your skin tone. I personally like to do eyes first, and then I go back and do foundation. So there are, uh, it looks like, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 uh, bottles of containers of foundation yes. there. Uh, yes. How do you tell them apart? Okay, so some of them are for different textures of skin as far as like oil controlling, and then some are hydrating mm-hmm. um, because literally people can be one spectrum or the other. Um, I carry a variety because like I said, I never know what I'm going to be working with. And I can always tell, that's why I leave them this way. So the colors and the numbers are facing up. So I can literally just grab and go, grab and go, grab and go. Um, and it also makes it easy when the client is looking. She's like, oh, you have Kevin Aquan. Oh, you have Face Atelier. Oh, you have Armani. It kind of like lets them know what I'm using. And most of the time they want to go out and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> will, they, will they ask for particular brands? Or? Absolutely. I do have certain clients that are brand loyal. And I let them know if it's a brand that I think is amazing for everyday use, I'll let them know. And if, but if they're doing red carpet, I know I'm going to let them know I'm going to step it up a notch and um, maybe use something of my own. Are they ever like, I want to use that one. And you're like, that's actually not the right one for you. Do you ever, we, we or do, do you let them have their thing? We, we have that conversation. Um, I, I pick my battles. <laughs> there are some people that are just very into what they love and that's what we'll go with. And I'll add, well, it's a collaboration. Mm. I'll add my spin on it and I'll still use their base or their eyeliner or their favorite mascara. The other section that I'm really big in is correctors and highlighters and concealer palettes. Um, again, these can change the whole look. Um, correcting is very, very important um, in our field because for a lot of women who have deeper complexions, if we don't correct with an orange corrector, it can sometimes come out gray. And so I'm really big into color correction. This section is my prep. Skin prep is really important because not everyone takes care of their skin. And it's just because they just may not know how. So I have um, neutral moisturizers. I don't have any fragrance that are hyperallergenic. Makeup removers, skin primers. Skin primers go on right after the moisturizer. And it helps if someone has dehydrated skin, if someone has redness or rosacea. Any different type of skin ailment, primers are really going to help with that. I also like to, um, of course, carry hand sanitizer. That's number one. (laughs) And lip conditioners. Hmm. 
I always lip condition, especially for guys. I do a lot of guys, believe it or not. <laughs> and they, of course, they're anti-makeup. Use neutral things. Um, oil controlling. Oil controlling is really big for brides and for guys that have bald heads. So mm. we put this all over them. Is that because of the, the sheen of the lighting? <laughs> the sheen, yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised who wears makeup on TV and, you know, all those things. you got to get them together. Well, there's and- a famous story. We're just after a presidential debate. There's that famous story about Nixon not wearing makeup and looking like a corpse on television <laughs> losing the debate because of it he could use a little bronzer i'm sure <laughs> um other things are disposables disposables are a very important part of my kit because that's what keeps things sanitized mm-hmm. um no double dipping everything is disposable from mascaras to lip wands um brow gels um things of that nature i carry wipes napkins all different types of grooming tools including tweezers scissors you just never know what you're going to run into, and you want everyone to look their best. So I carry everything. I will tell you, if one thing is missing, I know. It's like my arm. I know, if I, you know what I mean? That's how, how in tune I am with my kid. I know every single color that I have. I know what's low. I keep like a mental inventory, and I can just tell when something's off or missing or just misplaced. How much does this weigh? A lot. Um, I would say... Mm, that's got to be a good 30 pounds. And you carry this around all day? I carry this around and another bag and sometimes a makeup chair. So I get my workout in. <laughs> you must be tired by the end of the day. You know what? There's been days I've done 13 people in a day. And I'm never tired until I sit down. So I know, I know that I'm in the right field. It's my passion. Um, and I can do this off two hours of sleep, literally. Yeah. And I have. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you spent about 45 minutes or an hour mm-hmm. with a client usually. What is that actual time that you spend with them like? What do you do over the course of that time? How much of it is hands-on? How much of it is talking and consulting? What's the process? Okay. So actually my process starts before I even get to the client because I am huge on communication. I actually like to have a conversation with them over the phone first, just so that we can get acquainted. They can be comfortable with me. Um, And I actually have them send me pictures of themselves that we've never met. And I actually have a Pinterest board of over 100 looks, different um, ethnicities, and they can pick maybe top their top five. Hey, Chris, I like this eye. I like this lip. I like this cheek. I like this glow. So we basically are, I already know when I walk in, I already kind of have an idea. And, you know, guess what? Clients change their mind as well. So we might just ixnay everything we just looked at and go for the different look. As I'm setting up, I'm also talking to them doing another consultation. So by the time I'm, you know, applying my Embryolis, um moisturizer and primer, I kind of already know which direction I'm going to go in. Then I have the clients that don't care what I do. They're like, you know what? I trust you. And so I, I have the most fun with that because then I can just do whatever I'm feeling that day. <laughs> is, it, is it harder, though, to not know as much about what they're looking for? I think it kind of goes both ways. I have clients that are extremely picky, which doesn't bother me because then I know if they really, really love it. And then I have other clients that just say, okay, that's good. And I never know if they love it. Just make me look pretty. Yeah, exactly. So I'm happy either way. Um, I'm kind of a detail-oriented person. So sometimes I do kind of maybe, maybe I am a little biased to the people that kind of know what they really like. Um, Because then I know like when they look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, Chris, dead on. Oh, this is perfect. And then sometimes like, oh, Chris, can we add some more of this? I'd much rather have somebody say add than subtract because <laughs> then you have to start all over well no it's just a little bit it's a little bit um different when you troubleshoot if you if you want to take away um you have to be very careful you're not smudging things and you have to use certain types of removers that aren't oil based because that'll leave the makeup like holes in the makeup so you have to use very specific 
makeup removers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that whole process is consultation. Then we start doing the makeup. And as I'm wrapping up, um, we talk about lip color. We talk about if we want to do some false lashes. We talk about um, makeup aftercare, how to remove it, um, how to take care of your skin afterwards, and how to remove the eyelashes. How it long did, does your work last? Yeah. Well, oh, well, I mean, honestly, the, the makeup will last all night. I honestly, this is crazy. I have clients that come to me for um, early morning makeovers when they're about to get on a plane. I've also had people have come and have me do their makeup the night before and they wake up and then they're ready to go because their morning is so early. Mm. Um, but the makeup will last for a very long time because I prime, I prep, um, I use waterproof items, you know. So makeup's going to last all night. <laughs> You've been listening to freelance makeup artist Kristen Michelle. In a minute, she tells us about managing all of those heightened emotions that come with the lead-up to and preparation for a wedding. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It sounds like uh, you're pretty consistently busy, but are there yes. times of the year, wedding season, what have you, that are busier than others? Okay, so I keep hearing this wedding season, and I'm like, Is oh my God. Well, no, it's definitely a thing, but I feel like I'm doing weddings every single month, which huh. I feel grateful for. But the, the slowest month is January, which is when I plan travel, which is when I plan sleep, which is when I plan everything, seriously. Um, I get a lot of downtime in January, and um, I kind of really, I really, really keep my schedule open for bridal trials. I try to get a lot of bridal trials done in January. What's a bridal trial? A bridal trial is like a makeup preview. So the brides will come or I might go to them and we'll do makeup. I'll get a hairstylist and we'll do the full look. So the bride will know what she looks like on the day of. The bridal trials are very important because you don't want to be making any game day decisions on your wedding day. And you also want to know, you know, if they're a good fit. You know what I mean? I sometimes get brides that have already had two or three bridal trials. And so there are, so that's a different, you know, that's something different to work with because then you have to be very, very, very um, open to listening. You need to look at pictures. You need to, to really listen to the client because obviously there's been a disconnect with those other two to three artists and you don't want to be the fourth or the third. You know, I, I always, I always want to nail it. Do you also have to think about things like what the lighting will be like in the venue uh, <laughs> when you're, when you're planning out those kinds of trials? 100%. I try to do trials before 2 p.m. Because that's when you have the best light. And then I like for them to wear it throughout the day so they can give me feedback on how it wore on them. So on the day of, I may have to use a little bit more oil, oil control. If they say, hey, Chris, after maybe hour five, my skin started to look this way. Or you know what, Chris, after looking in different mirrors, I do want to add that black liner that we said we weren't going to do. Or I may want more lashes. So that's the main thing about the trial is to really, really get the client comfortable with their look and see what they want to change. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If someone yeah. is being really picky, mm-hmm. uh, is there some point where you just have to tell them that they look beautiful? Yes, but I personally cannot change how someone feels about themselves. So I've been through that. I've been through the picky brides. And in order to troubleshoot that, I tell them to bring one friend or someone they trust with them. And I tell them to pick someone that's not going to be, you know, that's going to be very open-minded, that kind of knows a little bit about makeup, whether it's their mom. Some people actually bring their fiance. And some people bring their maid of honor or a bridesmaid or their sister. So once I've started to implement that factor into it, I feel like I haven't had those brides that are that picky as much anymore because they have support. And I have had picky brides where everything that I did was wasn't good enough. So what I started doing was I started taking photos for them. Okay, look at yourself in this angle. Look at yourself in that angle. Because photos pick up things that my eye can't see and, and their eye can't see. All these different types of things that make them feel comfortable. I haven't had any bridezillas as of late. And again, I think it's just because I keep updating how I communicate with them. You know what I mean? I, again, I get them on the phone. I get to know them. I talk to them about some things that are kind of personal. You know what I mean? So I can just kind of see if we're a good fit. There have been many times where I've had to say, you know what? I think I have an artist that's going to be a better fit than me. And I'm very okay with that because there's enough work out here for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, uh, you're very personable and it seems like there's a lot of talking in a this lot. business. There's a lot of talking. <laughs> it seems even you like talk through the whole session, Absolutely. You talk before the session, you talk when it wraps up. Yeah. Uh, do you ever run into someone who just is not a talker? Absolutely. And so you go with that. You know, you you take, it's their, it's ba- their basic social cues that you have to pay attention to when you're working with the public. Um, if you have someone who um, isn't a talker, you find that one thing that they like, even if it's not makeup related, and stick to it. Because then they'll open up to you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? If someone's, I don't know, someone, if they like a certain type of music, we'll talk about that. If they're a dog lover, we'll talk about that. If they're a world traveler, we'll talk about that. It doesn't always have to be about makeup. It's about what makes them feel comfortable. Do you talk to them about the events that they're going to? I do, um, but I do a lot of political events, so then I try to stay away from that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, of so, um, I just try, I just try to just make it a, 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 like I said, a customized service where everyone feels happy. They leave feeling like, gosh, that was, that was a treat. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Um, do yes. people ever come to you with like a, a look, a celebrity or something, say, like, make me look like that? Uh, do they bring their own reading in? Yes. <laughs> I do get a lot of um, photos of certain celebrities that people want to look like. You know, Kim Kardashian is very popular. J-Lo is popular. And I let them know, you know, I let them know that just so you guys know, this is a lot of makeup. And this is a lot of Photoshop and this is a lot of, you know, smoothing out. Um, but I, what I do is I look at a picture and I look at it with the client and I ask them to show me what they like about the picture. Because I think at the end of the day, they see a picture and they're like, oh, that's pretty. But they don't look at the components. They don't look at the variables that it takes to get there. It's Kim Kardashian's contouring or something like contouring, that. Contouring, really long, drawn. long, long lashes. She does a lot of lining, but it's not a lot of color. And so when someone says, I want my eyes to pop, they can pop. But just so you know, this is a few, this is individual lashes, this is stack lashes, and they kind of get intimidated by that. So I kind of have to interpret it in my way and again, do less. And, and if they want more, then they can, then we can add. That's really important to me not to overdo it. Is there a different kind of makeup, a different kind of design that you're going for if you know that someone is primarily going to be doing, you know, a TV appearance uh, as opposed to say, um, a wedding where there might be still photography? Yes. For TV, 
with HD, you can't do as much highlighting and contouring because it comes across very hard. Things need to match almost perfectly. And you don't want to do a lot of shimmers. Um, you want to keep things kind of matte, satin finishes, things that are smooth, because the light will pick up in that one little shimmer and it might look off. So you, just to play it safe, you want to keep things um, more on the matte and satin textured side. So is bridal work, I mean, it sounds like you do a whole range of mm-hmm. events, you do photography, bridal work, uh, uh, galas and other live events. What, what is the most kind of common event that you're, you're prepping people for? I do weddings almost every single weekend, um, at this point. Some weekends I have four weddings in a weekend, sometimes two in a day. Um, that's the biggest part of my business. Um, and it's, I, I find it very fulfilling because I feel like it's a treat for someone to trust me enough to have me be a part of their, like their most important day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love doing that. I also love doing production work and commercials because it's just, it's physically easier. You know what I mean? You don't have to deal with, um, I guess you could say the intensity of, of a bride because it can be kind of intense and you're like, okay, this is their big day. You can't mess up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas when, when it's a commercial, it's like, oh, powder, you know, powder on guys, some conditioner and just watch the monitor. If they get shiny, you can just touch them up. You know, so it's a, it's from one spectrum to the other. Um, but I, I think I enjoy bridal the most. Um, because I'm able to, I guess I'm, I guess you could say I'm able to um, support a lot of different personalities. And you will get that with the bridal party, with the planners, with the photographers. I just like the community feeling of it. Do you know what I mean? What's that like being there on a day that is so important to someone? I mean, presumably the people in many cases are very different on that day than they were when you were doing your consultation yes. early on. Yes, I've seen I've seen people change. I'm like, oh, what happened to Happy Sally? <laughs> you know oh, what happy I mean, Sally. right? I'm like, oh, the, and then it's also like I start to meet the people that they because they talk about their family and their friends during these trials. I'm like, oh, okay, I remember you telling about her and her dog, and I remember you telling about her and the college stories. So um, once I get the bridesmaids in the chair, I'm like, okay, I start to identify who's who um, to walk you through. I guess a basic bridal day. I'll arrive early, and if a lot of times they're in hotels. So I literally rearranged the whole hotel room because if I'm working with hair, I know they need to be next to the sockets. I need to be next to the window. I need a space where they're going to have lunch because they always have either breakfast or lunch. So we leave that space open. So I literally have to rearrange the whole entire room you just to, to make next, it work. You said you have to be next to a window. Is that because you want to see natural light as well as uh, artificial light? Natural light is the best. And also I know, in, you know, when you're working um, a bridal party, you have to keep in mind of the other vendors. The photographers love natural light. Do you know what I mean? So I have to be cognizant of that. Um, so when they come in, a lot of the times they want to turn off all the yellow lights. So I might as well just work with the window because I know once they get here, they're going to be like moving things around and closing shades and things of that nature. So I try to, um, you know, be consider it to everyone else. And I all natural light's always the best. It takes the best natural photography. Uh, when I'm taking, even with the phone, taking a, a, an iPhone pic, if you have natural light, it looks airbrushed. <laughs> so the room is set up. Your people come in. Mm-hmm. This is early in the day still. What's the next part of the process? Okay. So I do, I tend to do, to do the bride last or second to last. So sometimes I'll start with the moms and then we'll go to the bridesmaids. Um, there might be a little break for lunch. I, I have learned to bring a kit, a separate than my makeup kit for bridal. Um, chalk, in case their dress gets a mark on it, it'll take out any marks on the dress. 
fashion tape because sometimes the brides haven't had a fitting with their dresses and things need to be taped up. Um, I bring straws because they always want to drink their lips off after I've done it, <laughs> after I've applied the lipstick. So I bring straws. I just bring everything that I know, safety pins, um, extra hair spray, bobby pins, even though I don't do hair. These um, touch-up gloss, blot film, um, it does get a little intense by the time I get to the bride because all the bridesmaids are standing around, they're watching, they're doing this and that. So you kind of have to say, hey, know what, Sally, the bride wants some water. Can you go get her some water really quick? And then they start to walk around, they start to walk away and they start to get the idea, okay, maybe we should just let her have her peace because it does make the bride kind of anxious. And when you're working with a whole bridal party, are you trying to coordinate their looks or are you just going for what's best for each of them? It really depends on the bride. I have brides that like to dictate the look of the bridesmaids. And then I have brides like, you know what, do whatever the bridesmaids want. And I still have to take that with a grain of salt because you don't want any bridesmaids to outshine the bride. <laughs> and, you know, that, I've run into those situations where, um, you know, people want extra lashes and extra, extra black liner. And I'm like, you know, let's be, you know, let's be aware that the bride is a very, you know, modest bride and she likes neutral makeup. And if we don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. So I have to kind of have have that moment with a few bridesmaids and it's cool like they get it like once you say and you kind of have to like play off them i call it style stepping like you have to kind of like take their energy and make it your own like okay now you know sarah's not gonna like it if we rim your eye with black let's try brown like okay and you know what i mean you just have to talk to them in a way where they feel comfortable and they understand where you're coming from Mm -hmm. and you're not trying to like change their whole idea of what their look is going to be all right so you've got all of these people in a room, mm-hmm. emotions are probably heightened. What happens if someone starts like crying or something? That happens um, often. So I'm ready with tissue, but I've also um, I've also taught people how to control their tears by putting their tongue at the roof of their mouth and swallowing. Oh, it literally controls the tears. And I also have this a trick of the trade. I guess I can't remember where I picked it up at, um, but I also I tell the ladies to cry pretty. And so I'd show them how to fold a napkin, put it directly under their eye, and just sniff. And sniff and press and sniff and press. And that way there's not there's not tears running all over the place and, um, you know, all of that. And I just tell them at the end of the day, think about your makeup before you start crying. <laughs> no, but, you know, honestly, it's just the tissues, um, the tongue it through for the mouth, like all these little tricks. Um, I have had a few instances where the bride was just, like, completely bawling. And if everyone else is going nuts... Honestly, they look to you to be the cool one. So I'm like, you know what? This is the time for you to cry like crazy. I'm here to touch your makeup up. I'm here to make you and look and make you look and feel good. Get it all out now. So when you see your fiance, you'll be ready. So sometimes people cry. Usually goes okay because you teach them these tricks. Yes. You ever have a thing where just the whole wedding just blows up in your face while it's going on? Things just really fall apart for whatever reason. Yes. In the past. Um, I haven't had anything extremely recent like that. There was a time when a bride literally just had a complete breakdown and I literally had to start over. That was one time. <laughs> um, and it was intense, but we, I went with it. You can't break down if they break down. You literally have to be strong with them. I've held people's hands. You know, I rub their back. I do like literally breathing with them. You know what I mean? I talk to them. I remind them why they're here. I remind them, you know, why they chose their fiance because they've already told me these things. You know what I mean? That's where all the talking comes from. So they literally feel like we're, you know, we're friends and they trust it. Um, as far as like weddings going wacko, sometimes there might be a, you know, a bridesmaid or a cousin or somebody who kind of throws things off. And, you know, I just kind of like if I'm whoever's in the chair, I kind of make a joke out of it. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just my, that's my main thing is just kind of keep people laughing and smiling, and you know you you can't let one person ruin the whole entire day. So. I just, I stay neutral, but I, I really just add jokes into it. Or I say, hey, guys, what if we put this song on? You know what I mean? Or what are you guys having for lunch? I just try to, like, change the subject when I see that there's an elephant in the room because it affects my work, too. You know, I don't want to work in an environment where it's negative or tense or, you know, just not feeling right. But it you does know? sound like you have to play Peacemaker. Absolutely. Abs- and, that, and that's literally just part of the job. It's part of the job. Sometimes I um, I meet makeup artists and we have this conversation and just hearing their stories, I'm like, I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm not out there alone. So there are any moments over the course of your career that stand out as you think back on everything you've done since starting this freelance career? I actually have a lot of moments. Um a lot of my um, makeovers, I just I leave feeling very, very grateful that I'm able to do this every day. I really love it when a younger client sees me doing this on on my own, whether it be like for proms. I'm like, oh my gosh, you really do this 100% yourself. You own your own business and it's makeup. I'm like, yes, absolutely. So I feel like it gives them hope or it gives them, you know, like something else to aspire to. Like they see me doing it, they can identify with me and they're like, oh, well, maybe I want to do something like that. You know what I mean? So we stay in contact. You know, I help coach them sometimes. I have a few up and coming artists that I mentor. Um, you know, because when I was coming up, I didn't have that, you know, so I always wanted to like be that person because I've been through all of it and I can just it makes make something that I learned in five years I can teach someone in 10 minutes do you know what I mean what kind of tips do you have if, if you just offer some some kernels of wisdom to people who are looking to get into this kind of work hands-on training is number one um, be willing to do pro bono work I did a lot of pro bono work just trying to you know get my name out there get my foot in the door um, be open to a ton of feedback there's been days when I've gone home and I was very upset but I took, you know, what was, to, you know, the feedback and I said, you know what, I'm just going to do better. I'm going to do better. Um, pay very close attention to detail. Um, it's very important not to do everyone the same. Do you know what I mean? So customize your service. Get a mentor or two. You really want someone who's been in the industry for a while and, you know, follow them around, assist them, see how they form their business and look at their techniques and make it your own. Um, I would also tell people to read, 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 read. It's old school, but you have to read. There's no other way for you to, you know, gain all the knowledge that you need to, unless you're going to take formal classes. And even in classes, you may not learn everything. You have to learn how to listen. You can't just do what you want on everyone. So you have to be able to listen to your client. You have to be a people person because, you know, honestly, no one wants to work with someone who's just very stoic and dry. <laughs> you know, you, you want to work with someone who's fun, who's open-minded and, you know, down to earth. Um, so I would say, you know, being a makeup artist, it's very fulfilling for me, but it's not for the faint of heart. You know, <laughs> we, 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 as a makeup artist, I wear, ve- I wear a lot of hats. So, um, yeah, that's what I would say if you want to get into this industry. What do you love most about doing people's makeup? I love, um, the reaction afterwards, you know, um, when people are like, oh my gosh, is that me? Or, oh my gosh, is, is, are those my lashes? You know, I'm like, yes, this is all you. And I, and I literally, I love that reaction. Um, when people like, they fall in love with themselves again, you know, um, you know, it's hard out here and just one makeover can change your whole year. Seriously. I've had, um, this past Saturday, I had a young lady who called me from six years ago. She kept my information and that those kind of things are, are what really make my 
Um, my career choice, very fulfilling for me, is when somebody just comes back after that long and there's been a million makeup artists I'm sure that they've been in contact with, but they chose me again. So that really makes me feel good. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Absolutely. This was amazing. Thank you for having That's me. really great. Thanks for listening to this episode of Working. I'm Jacob Brogan. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the podcast. Our email address is working at slate.com. If there's a career that you think would be cool on the podcast, uh, let us know. If you have thoughts, let us know. We love uh, hearing from you. You can listen to all of our past episodes at slate.com slash working. You can subscribe, and we hope you will. Uh, also rate and review on iTunes or whatever you use to listen to your podcasts. Our producer is Mickey Capper, uh, and he also edits the show. Thanks to Mike Fulo. Our executive producer is Steve Lichtai, and the chief content officer of the Panoply Network is Andy Bowers. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.